0: feels good. It
1: does. It does.
0: It feels good to be back and in person with you doing a podcast.
1: Yay! It's
0: been a while.
1: It's honestly weird to see people in person. It is. Are you still kind of dealing with
0: that? Uh, yeah. And even still dealing with the fact that I'll see one of my scholars from a distance and I'm about to say something, but then I have to pull back because I'm like, I don't know if that's who I think it is. Yeah. Let's get a little closer. Yeah. Thankfully, in the classroom, we haven't had any sort of uh, identity crises. I Mm -hmm. think everyone's pretty much on the same page, you know, and there's so many other ways you can identify someone. I miss hair. Yeah. I miss seeing people's hair and I haven't appreciated hairstyles the way that I've had uh, since we returned. How about you?
1: Yeah. I mean, being down with ninth grade, um, again, it's it's a totally different ballgame because they haven't seen each other since the seventh grade. And this is their first time at a larger school, Um, maybe not larger, but like, you know, new mix of people than what they've had in the past. So I think that the get to know you phase has been extended um, relative to like, you know, the seniors that you're working with who've known each other so well for four years. I think it's a totally different ballgame in the lower grades.
0: Yeah. And I want to get to talking about that because I think I wouldn't use the word sad, but obviously, one thing that I miss is. I working. would use the word sad. Okay, we use the word sad. <laughs> Collaboratively working together yeah. is uh, unfortunately not happening because you are with, as you said, our freshmen, and I'm up here with the seniors, uh, yeah. which is, I think, they're two very different worlds, and they have their uh, they have their their challenges as well as their um, just amazing bright points, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment, but. I don't even know if I remember how to do this. So we gotta we gotta jump in. We have to remind. I think we have to remind our audience who we are.
1: My name is Courtney, question mark.
0: <laughs> and my name possibly is Hunter, and this is, I think, in all likelihood, the Odyssey of Learning Podcast. So welcome back, everybody. It's good to be here. Um so yeah, tell us a little bit more about this this transition you've made uh back into freshman. Um how has that been going? Has, has there been anything you've been struggling with or something, some successes, what do you want to share?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to even remember the last time we did a podcast.
0: I think it was, I think it was back in February.
1: Like beginning, beginning of
0: Beginning of this year. Of this year. Yeah.
1: So, wow. A lot has happened. Yeah. Your family has had another little one.
0: This is true. Yeah, this is true. We welcomed our first daughter uh, into the family yeah, back yeah. in March. So uh, welcome to the world, baby, Vienna. And uh, gosh, she's now seven months old. I can hardly believe. That is believe. crazy. But she is incredible. She's unnecessarily happy all the time. And I, I don't know what I did or what me and my wife did to deserve that. But um, it's, I'm a girl dad now. yeah, And so that's a, this is, this is a uncharted waters in a sense.
1: How are the boys doing being brothers to a sister?
0: Incredible they it like i think they're almost to a fault they just love on her so well <laughs> to the point where it's like you know just a couple weeks ago cuz they're back in school now so now we're picking up all of those colds and illnesses uh-huh. and stuff like that and so we have to remind them they get like that's not smother vienna it's yeah. like got to keep the germs away and stuff yeah. like that and that's hard for them cuz they just they, they love her so much and they want to be there constantly. They're always talking to her, trying to make her giggle and smile and stuff. So um, it's it's just incredibly endearing. And uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. But uh, and, and obviously being back on campus, whereas when we were doing distance learning, I think that was actually kind of a blessing in disguise for us because I was in the house when she was born. If at any time I needed to step aside for a minute to help out my wife, especially in recovery, I could do that. And so there are some silver linings to the distance learning model, at least in my situation. And now that I'm back here on campus, of course, I miss them. I don't get to see them as often. Um, But being able to do my job more effectively here means that I'm a better version of myself at home, uh, which has been, I think, a a big relief for us uh, as a family. So that's what's been keeping me busy. Uh, I know you've been busy.
1: I have. You've had a lot going I on have, this past year, I have. so <laughs> don't fill us in. We um, so our last podcast was at, I suppose the end of last year, which at that point we were still teaching 11th grade together, mm-hmm. same group of scholars. Um, but it became clear as we began to project towards senior year that some advisors were going to have to go. You know, the the team of teachers that works with our senior class is only four, relative to six of the prior years, and um, just sitting and you know we had so many deep conversations around like what would best serve learning for our scholars and your experience with these courses um, suited itself so much better to working in the world of AP Lang <laughs> and, um, and government and so making that decision I think was ultimately the right one but it's so sad to leave like you spend three years with this one group of kids and then send them off and and hope for the best and It's nice to know they're in such good hands, you know, and they still pop into my room all the time, but pivoting back down to ninth grade um, to work with a new cohort of scholars has been awesome. It was stunted by the fact that we didn't start the school year with an assistant principal. Mm -hmm. And our dean of last year, Strawn Holmes, moved to a different school district. And so we kind of had this void in the administrative sphere at Odyssey and um, Becky asked me to step in as a TOSA over the summer, and that continued into August and continued into September. And so my classroom was existing without me, um, with a long term guest advisor, Sarah Montes, who was awesome and got the scholars started off on a great foot. Um, but yeah, beginning the year and in the role as TOSA, which I didn't know what that meant <laughs> when <laughs> Becky first asked me to support, but it's a teacher on special assignment. And um, Wow, it's an education, for sure. I don't think administrative work was ever in my sphere of something I was interested in or um, motivated to do. But at the same time, I like love our school. And um, it was an honor to get to serve the community in that way and support with the onboarding of our new team. It's the first time we have 500 kids on campus, first time we have 35 advisors on campus. So we needed all the help we can get.
0: Yeah, and to your point that you were mentioning earlier, right, it wasn't just Strong that left for a different opportunity. True,
1: true, 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 true. <laughs> we
0: had so many staff leave for a variety of reasons. And I think that um, COVID, I think the pandemic and yeah. distance learning, I think changed a lot of situations for our colleagues that probably they were not initially anticipating, which is understandable. Yeah. I mean, we've seen so much mobility in the workforce in this country over the past year. Um, so it wasn't surprising. Um, by, by any stretch, but obviously that, that came with its own challenges. In yeah. Not only finding people to replace them, but as you said, finding people to add on because our school is still growing. We're finally at full strength this year. And so I, I can objectively say that all of the work that you put into that role, and it was a lot of work, um, I know uh, firsthand, paid off. And yeah. I, I, it's so... It is so important when you're still sort of in the infancy of a school, maintaining that initial culture that you had and, and, and trying to keep this place just as special as the first day that it was open and then fighting against the pandemic to do that and, and really trying to roll with these, uh, in some cases, unforeseen changes. That's not easy. Yeah. And I think that you and the entire team, not only kind of gearing us up and, and sort of leading us, like I didn't. At no point did I feel like we were just, you know, completely dead in the water, wind out of our sails. Like we had a direction and no matter how tough it got, we kept going. And I think that's largely due to your efforts. I think it's due to Becky's efforts and the entire admin team of just staying the course and keeping things moving. I don't, I don't envy that though. That must've been incredibly challenging.
1: Yeah. it's, It's so interesting. You know, you think about the scope of your own classroom being huge because when you have to think about the well-being and learning of 76, 78 scholars, um, it's a huge responsibility. But to shift into thinking about the health, safety, and sustainability of like an entire school campus, it's a whole different level of thinking, a whole different level of responsibility, a whole different level of strategy and planning. Um, But I felt so grateful that I mean, just like you said, you know, there was never no direction. Like, I felt that way, too. Um, Becky is such a visionary and continues to impress me with her, like, persistence and dedication towards our community and this and this greater mission of student-centered inquiry-based learning. And it's truly a gift to get to work with her. And to get to be so close to her through this process was um, something I'll carry with me for my whole entire career. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: I, I hope, and I hope that as we move on, you know, we want to get more voices on the podcast just as we started doing last year. Plenty of new faces to talk to, yes. uh, plenty of old ones as well. So I, I think that we would be uh, doing a service to get some of them on and, and get their perspectives as well. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that sounds like a plan to me.
0: So, speaking of getting back into the saddle, as it were. Uh, we're still neighbors. You're right next door to me yeah, in yeah. the classroom space. So I always feel like I could pop over just as I did yesterday Yeah. Uh, just to check in and see how things were doing. But yeah, you're in a ninth grade space. I'm in a 12th grade space. But we could still relate in that no matter what level you're teaching at, there's going to be some things that have been going well and uh, maybe some challenges that we've been facing as of late. So um, I'll start actually, if you don't mind, yeah, do uh, talking about a success Because one of my biggest fears moving into AP English, and and it's not just the AP English course that's been added to the curriculum here at Odyssey, we've got some scholars enrolled in AP Spanish, and we've got some scholars, uh, well, everyone's enrolled in AP Math, but that's either going to be statistics or calculus. And so one of the biggest question marks for us as a senior team going into this year was how are our Odyssey scholars going to handle an AP curriculum? We still assess the same way we've always been assessing. And if, you, if you're a friend of the show, you go to the school, you already know, we got competencies. We are assessing your skills. What can you do? Show us the evidence. Let's build that body of evidence so that we can kind of collectively agree you are ready for advancement. Or in the case of our seniors, you're ready for graduation.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Which is like, oh. I'm I know, saying, I'm saying I know, that know, word know, a lot I more. I didn't anticipate that. Um, they have really, really come into their own in this class space. I mean, and and they'll be the first ones to tell you. They're they're very disgruntled because I'm giving them an on-demand writing at least once a week, if not every other week. And it's a lot. There's so much work that goes into that and just writing and writing and reading and reading constantly. And, you know, to be fair, that's always something that we shoot for freshman year, sophomore year, junior year. But a lot of times we need to take the time to really just focus on support. If we're introducing a skill, there seems to be something that's challenging. You know, okay, let's just take the day and workshop this. Let's figure out where we're at, how we can improve based on what we've already discussed. And we just don't have that kind of time for an AP English curriculum. There's so much for us to get to. And so they've really embraced the challenge. And like I was talking with you before we, we hit record here, they're improving at a very rapid clip. Because very few of them have just, um, have, very few of them have said, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to try, to try this. We talk about our personal qualities, right? Their grit, their determination, those, the, these really strong worth eth- ethics that they've been building up for the past three years are now in action. And it's so great to see this growth happen so rapidly, so early in the year. And I think that one of, our, one of our concerns as a senior team is just making sure that as we get to graduation, everyone's you know on, on track, everyone's doing what they need to do. And if this trajectory keeps up, I, I see no reason why we're not going to have everybody ready to go, at least from an AP English perspective. So it's been really great
1: That's to see. awesome. It's a big success. That's awesome. And it's so nice to get to come into your room and walk around campus and see our seniors who started just like the freshmen I'm working with now, you know, um, really taking on this identity in their entire being of uh, scholarship. When you see them walk around campus, the conversations that they have, the analysis that they do on others work in their own, it really is um, to par with undergraduate students. Um, so I'm so excited to see them take on the world. But yeah. I think like, contrary to what you were just sharing about the the workload of the senior class and the um, emphasis on developing that wide range of portfolio uh, artifacts, in the freshman class, it's a completely different game, right? If you can think back, like you came into my room the other day and we were spending, we probably spent 45 minutes looking at that one paragraph and we're workshopping single paragraphs at a time um, for clarity in writing, claim evidence and reasoning structure, accurate citations. Is the evidence we're using credible, these super nitty gritty conversations that take sentences word by word and think through the impact of our choices as writers and readers to build ultimately to this fluency of articulation that you're seeing in the senior class. And I think it really does start at the ninth grade level with taking it word by word and sentence by sentence to try to build this sort of um, inner dialogue of effective writing structure
0: yeah absolutely. And, and and I think that's so necessary. Part of the way our school is designed is that we would like it's not a per, it's not a perfect system, but we'd like as many of our advisors to move through the grades with our scholars as possible. now for as I mentioned, for credentialing purposes, it's not entirely practical, particularly for Spanish because we only have Spanish at the junior senior level, and then for science because um, that's more of a credentialing issue. but I, so far at least, the plan is to move back to freshman year next year and start up with a whole new class. And so I see you this year as a very valuable resource to kind of really help me start to get in the mindset of transitioning Mm -hmm. from instructing seniors to instructing freshmen, because I think they all come with their own uh, unique challenges and, uh, and, and being able to have that perspective constantly next door Mm -hmm. is going to be really helpful. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Any challenges early on? I mean, we, I think the obvious one is that you, you jumped into this role, uh, on a delay Mm -hmm. because of your, your TOSA obligations. Mm -hmm. Um, but beyond that, has there been anything else that's been really uh, striking to you just in terms of challenge?
1: I think that the biggest challenge I've encountered is not and this is like going to sound really selfish. I know every other teacher in the world does this every year, but just not being with the same kids I was with for three years. Yeah, um, You build those like familial like ties with a group of scholars uh, for three years. And to start over is a little jarring. You're like, wow, I don't know you all as well as I knew this other group of kids that I worked with. And then I have to stop myself and remember it, took three years to build those relationships. They're not going to happen in the first three weeks of school um, or first three months of school, you know, as as we are now. And so I think that that is challenging from just like an emotional labor perspective. Um, Getting to know people freshly um, is hard, but also incredibly rewarding. And I think uh, a reminder that each Learner and all the schools in the entire country and the entire world comes with their own really really rich set of experiences, preferences, interests, uh, ways of being in the world, passions, and to get to connect with a whole new group of kids in this way has, has been like totally a blessing and really hard. <laughs> and I think that that sort of work that we're all doing, you know, in the in the teaching workforce is arduous but ultimately why we do this work.
0: And I can only imagine a huge part of that you talk about building these new relationships with completely new people to the school um and this this is just me projecting and and you know if you agree with this I I'd love to get your perspective. I feel like trust
1: mm-hmm. is
0: is a real big factor and to your point when you have a relationship with somebody for 3 years there is an established sort of bedrock of trust. Mm-hmm because of all that work that you've done building up to this moment in time. So um, I have to imagine that kind of just the trust and, and the the willingness to take risks based on that is still in development.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, not, not just for my relationship with them, but their relationship with each other. Like yeah. if you think about the collaboration that our seniors and our juniors exhibit on campus, it's so um, genuine and open-minded and flexible. And I'm teleported back to like four years ago, sitting in you know our first set of freshman classes and how explicitly we needed to teach collaborative skills that now just come so naturally to the seniors. And I'm back in this place of how can we build that trust, not only between you and me, but also between you all as a group of scholars who are going to be together for four years learning in this space. Yeah. Um, so I think just those those unique challenges of like, it takes a while to build school culture, especially with new classes of kids. Um, But I feel fortunate that we're in a space where we see the upperclassmen, they can push into our rooms, we have senior advisors on campus, like having a school that is whole, really does build this long term trajectory that's motivating as an advisor. And I think really motivating as a scholar too. like, this is where we're headed. So keep your head down, keep working, keep trying, keep taking those risks, keep building that trust, and you'll get there. You'll get to this uh, like senior class level.
0: And I see it in my perspective now that I've taken your scholars from last year and I'm instructing both mine and yours. Village one and two have combined Mm -hmm. into a mega senior village. Senior village. (laughs) I know that they have not been shy about visiting you, visiting all of their old advisors. And I have to believe that being a freshman in one of those classes and seeing such a deep, cordial relationship mm-hmm. between the seniors and the advisors is is uplifting mm-hmm. or at least would be a tacit indicator that you can trust we're like the, headed the, somewhere. <laughs> the system works with we're, we're not a a rudderless uh ship here yeah. um and so which i think is like the second nautical metaphor i've used on yeah, this podcast yeah. but I'm, I'm tracking that actively um that's cool i'm really glad to hear that I, I and I, I have to share a challenge which I know in this day and age is cliche, but I think is something that a lot of educators will relate to. Pandemic era system changes, procedures, protocols, mm. protocols is probably the word, um have made things challenging. And it's it's you know, it's it's unfortunate that something like this has been politicized. You know, everyone these days seems to have their very firm beliefs as to whether this is or is not the right thing for our scholars. I think all of that aside, and I think you'll agree with me, their safety and their health is our top priority. It's our top priority now. It was our top priority before the pandemic. I don't think anything about the pandemic has necessarily changed that. But what has changed is that in order to secure that, we have certain protocols in place that do make learning a bit more difficult. Um, For example, if there is a positive test or if someone is symptomatic coming to school, we have a procedure, we have a protocol where they've they've got to quarantine, they've, they've got to stay home. And you would think on one end, okay, well, no worries. We did distance learning for all of 16 months, right? Most of their sophomore year and all of their junior year, so they can handle it. Every single scholar I've had that has needed to take time at home, whether to nurse symptoms or because they actually did come back with a positive test, um, it's been hard. It's been hard for them to, to keep up and for them to stay with the program, especially, as we've mentioned, an AP curriculum, which doesn't mess around. There's really no time to miss or whatever time you are missing, you need to be diligent about keeping up with that at home and i'm also sensitive to the fact that if you're home and you are truly sick if you've got symptoms that are you know debilitating to an extent i get it your health is the most important thing if you have anything we've established the past year that's that's true but that doesn't make the the need to adapt to that any easier mm-hmm. and so from a just from a purely logistical standpoint i think on my end that's been the biggest challenge mm-hmm. is making sure that we are not having kids fall behind due to missing time mm-hmm. from being in class. And mm-hmm. so we, I think, are still actively thinking about how do we support those scholars? Mm-hmm. How do we support them to make sure that missing school time is not making as big of a, a dent in their learning journey this year mm-hmm. than it otherwise would? Mm-hmm. So... It's something I'm still thinking about, and I think something that we're still talking about mm-hmm. as a campus, mm-hmm. but it's a new day.
1: Yeah.
0: Every day is a new day. We just got to wake up, do the best we can. We're sending emails. We're calling home. We're just yeah. making sure that, you know, we're, we're, we're following up to the best of our abilities, and I mean, what more can you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, three years ago, it would have, we would have balked at 10 days of not coming to school, yeah. and now it's normal right and and like you said it's not normal for no reason <laughs> right it, it's it's totally grounded and and working to keep our scholars safe and i think our district has been pretty transparent with their expectations around what we as a school need to do to ensure that scholar safety and as things have changed i think we've been updated you know as quickly as we could possibly be but there's no doubt that the entire field is coping with this unpredictable long-term loss yeah um on a daily weekly monthly basis um and so i think our one scholar at approach individualized approach to learning will hopefully serve us well as we we work to reconcile some of those lost days but it is undoubtedly difficult um when scholars are out and when advisors are out and there's all this, you know, there's, there's so many staffing shortages. We think about the people that we didn't start the year with. And then the people that can't come if we need coverage, you know, there's, there's not very many guest advisors and the ones who have worked with us have been amazing. There's not enough of them. If you're looking for a job as a guest advisor, come to Odyssey.
0: <laughs> Paramount will <laughs> Paramount welcome will you with open you arms. Know, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's, it's just, I, the way that I, I describe it to my family when they ask, you know, how's work going this year? It's like, we're doing multiple full-time jobs at the same time. We're like safekeeping officers. We're instructors. We're emotional support providers. We're friends and family. We're colleagues with one another. It's not an easy year. It's not an easy job. It Never has been. Right. But it feels extra not easy this year.
0: I was I was about to say that that that's never not been the job, you know. And I'm not talking about looking online and seeing the job description because rarely does that cover. Yeah everything that we truly do in in this space but certainly the pandemic has exacerbated Mm -hmm. those roles Mm -hmm. Um, but we do it all the same because we love our kids we
1: do that's why we're still here making this freaking podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) so i but rolling back from challenges i think that the mood and the the attitudes on campus have been overwhelmingly positive
1: super positive there's like this palpable gratitude
0: there's excitement there's a buzz that I missed that we certainly didn't have during distance learning Totally. what is something that you are looking forward to this year what's something that you're getting excited about what's on the horizon
1: I think it connects back to what my challenge is just getting to know them Mm. getting to know our freshman class um more deeply and get to understand comprehensively like what their goals are for the future and who their families are and what wakes them up in the morning and makes them feel like full of life, you know, you can name any one of our seniors. Um and I can tell you what their family life is like and what their favorite aspects of Odyssey are and what their passions are and what colleges they want to go to and what careers they're interested in and what experiences they've had here. And I'm not there yet with the freshmen. But I'm looking forward to getting there. How about you?
0: I look at our senior class and when I talk about them with all of our advisors on campus we always come back to the fact that man I mean we've 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 put them to work and they've worked hard they've responded very well. Yeah. And so one of our commitments as a senior team this year is providing them with opportunities and experiences to make their senior year as memorable as possible. Hmm. For example, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, thanks to the help of our Spanish advisor Sammy, who happens to know someone who knows someone, uh, we managed to get all of our scholars the opportunity to see a baseball game at Dodger, Dodger Stadium. Day. Yeah, and it's hard. This is coming from someone who is definitely not a Dodger fan. I know. <laughs> I know my anyone who's listening to this is going to be uh, upset by that. But Boo. and they were playing. The team that I actively cheer for, oh, the San Diego Padres, uh, you'll be happy to know that the Dodgers beat the Padres I know, I know, I know.
1: pretty handily. Yes. <laughs> um,
0: but it was so wonderful to just have that night mm-hmm. to, to ourselves as a school, as a team, and, uh, and to give them those opportunities and to hopefully make the senior year as, as memorable as possible. You know, the more that we could do that, that's something that I'm really looking forward to, to sort of really cement this class's status. This is the founding class. So They've got to we, have fun. you got to send them out with a bang. <laughs> and so we're, we're doing everything we can to give them those opportunities, and we've been having a lot of fun yeah. with it so far.
1: Well, you and the senior team has been awesome, and I'm sure we'll inform every other future senior class at Odyssey STEM Academy. So what a gift.
0: And I guess my my uh, air conditioning unit has has decided to turn on. I think that's its way of saying, all right, guys, let's wrap it up. Let's, let's get this done.
1: Let's we'll wrap it up. Should we do this again?
0: I really hope so. It feels really good to it be does. back here talking to you. It does. Well, for the Odyssey of Learning Podcast, I'm Hunter.
1: And I'm Courtney. We'll catch you later. Bye.